Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to Modernizer Die CFML News Edition. It's August 18th, 2020. I'm Gavin Pickin, a software consultant for Order Solutions, and Eric Peterson is joining me today. Thank you. Thanks, Gavin. Glad to be back. Cool, cool. So let's get into it. But first, we always want to thank our sponsors. So thank you, Order Solutions. Uh, without them, we wouldn't be able to make this podcast. So um, thank you very much for that. And two ways you can help support Auto Solutions and thank them yourself is one of the two August workshops we have. And one is a one-day workshop by John Clawson leading that on containerizing CFML apps. And that is actually this week. So if you need to sign up, uh, sign up very quickly for that. And we also have a two-day workshop that Brad Wood is leading, Command Box Zero to Hero. So those are two different ways you can support Auto Solutions. And a third one is CFCast, which is releasing new content, paid and free content every week. So thank you so much to everybody um, at Autos for making this a success. And if you want to help them out, those are some ways you can do that. But also we want to thank our Patreon supporters too, right, Eric? That's right. Our Patreon supporters help support this podcast and our other open source projects. We are at the 59% mark for fully funding this podcast. And thank you to all of our Patreon supporters for chipping in. You can learn more at uh, patreon.com slash Solutions. Okay, so let's get into the news. That's the why we're here, right? This is why we're here. We uh, we have some beta news. Adobe has uh, launched their pre their public beta for the next version of Cold Fusion. Um, I think they dropped the 2020 moniker <laughs> for the beta. Uh, they're calling it Project Stratus. Yes, yeah, one of those things. Legally, they're not supposed to give it a final name, um, so they usually have to have code names. So in the beta, it's been called Project Stratus, although we all know it as Adobe CF 2020, and that's probably what it'll be called, but they never are supposed to use the real name until it's actually being released, apparently. So uh, that's why they have all those was... weird names. <laughs> and here I was thinking it was them saying, this might not come out in 2020. <laughs> no, I think they've done that previously in all the versions, and it's basically it's a legal thing but okay yeah i mean it's supposed to be coming out um october november ish and they're having the conference in november so it's probably right around that time that they'll release it uh, it seems to always coincide with cf summit so maybe that'll be it but um so yeah the good news is is now if you weren't in the private beta the public beta uh, is going live and with that they have a, a little blog post about it um but it, Basically, the, the big moniker they have is to be the modernized platform of choice for building cloud-native microservice applications with absolute focus on ease in, of use without getting locked into a particular cloud vendor. So that's sort of their big play on uh, Project Stratus. Um, and one other thing that they, they did mention in the blog post that I wanted just to highlight was CF Script 2.0. They've been working hard on that, but that will not be a part of Project Stratus. It'll be part of Project athena which will be the next major version so um but everything else uh they go over in that blog post which is great and if you want to know more about it they're actually doing an online cf meetup with charlie on thursday so rachif is going to be talking about the public beta walkthrough of project next uh basically cold fusion next project stratus so if you want to find out more read the blog post which the show notes have and then uh the cf meetup this thursday at uh, 11 a.m central time 
That's right. I'm excited for that one. I'll be at. I'll be there. Yeah. So. I know it's good to sort of see uh, some of us are in the private beta, so we can't talk too much about it, but now it's going public, we can. So this is a good time for everyone, especially on the podcast, we can start talking about a little more. So we're not right. bound by the, the NDA, et cetera. Cool. Uh, okay. Uh, another webinar that you can attend this week is this Friday, there is going to be a webinar from Ortis, uh, BDD Tests with Test Box. That will be led by Javier. So we'll drop the note in the chat in the show notes, and that is this Friday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Yep. So as usual, um, under Order Solutions, we have a, a page for events, and some of those events are obviously webinars. And so you can get to all our older webinars through that page as well, and you can see the new ones as they come out. And there's a link there to register uh, if you don't get the show notes. Um, but yeah, definitely register for that. It is a free webinar. Uh, Harvey's uh, going to be leading that and looking forward to seeing that. And a BDD test is a pretty popular topic and a lot of people want to know more. So definitely a good one to check out. So give you something fun to do on Friday. That's right. Uh, there's an interesting uh, bit of news that came out this week about Mura CMS. Uh, Mura's was, is one of the uh, few CMS platforms on CFML um, content box being one that orders supports and are there really let's see preside preside cms being another big one are there any others i'm missing gavin yeah i mean there's smaller ones out there people still use like the blog cfc and then uh galaxy blog is a new one based on top of that that's come out uh you know in the last year or so and but really mirror cms is you know sort of the the big one um and a lot of people use that um, but yeah, there's some news about they're going closed source. They're becoming a commercial product. And so if you go to their site now and try and get mirror, it asks you if you want a demo. Um, also, the other thing is, is if you uh, go to their GitHub repo, they're all gone. So you can't get plugins or updates or patches or anymore. So a uh, very big change, but there's no news on their website about it. There's no official releases anywhere that we could find to reference for you guys. All I know is that you can't get it their github repos are gone and everything looks like they've gone commercial so um so obviously some pretty interesting news uh, they have done a lot of work as a marketing platform as well so it's not just content but they're aimed at developers and at marketers now they've always had good i18 uh, internationalization support too so uh looks like they're they're stepping up and going more from what i heard someone said something about more platform based where they're basically going to try and deploy something make it more of a SaaS for you to use so i don't know too much about it but that's uh definitely big news in the cfml community a lot of people on Mura are going what now so uh they do have support contracts and, and a lot of those things and so um i'd be interested to find out a little more so we can share it with everybody else so if you do have a contact with Mira and you've found out more about it please let us know and we can try and share it with the rest of the community too and for those of you that are worried about what do i do now with your Mira site again the, some of the bigger names, if you need a, a lot of features, you have Content Box, which we support here at Order Solutions. You have Preside CMS by the awesome folks that, over there, um, or a smaller open source one, but there's some options for you out there as well. Yep, and they do have support plans. So if you have an existing one, they, you know there may be some support plans going on. And if you're already under a support contract, that may be included as part of it. So um, just obviously, we'll find out more and we'll let you know, but pretty big news so all right uh we have a couple in case you missed it 
the first one, uh, actually both of them are for the online CF meetup. The first is migrating or comparing Cold Fusion admin settings with Charlie Earhart. And he confirmed so. last week in the chat he was using CF config. <laughs> That's right. That's definitely the easiest way to do it. Probably not the only way. So we'll put the link in the show notes. You can go watch that recording. The other one was uh, PWAs or Progressive Web Apps. How did we get here with Simon McDonald? Yep. And again, another good session sort of looking at how the, you know, HTML and CSS and JavaScript has evolved and uh, progressing through. And so um, the recording for that one is available online already uh, up on YouTube. But when I looked this morning, Charlie's one was not posted yet. So not sure if that was, uh, you know, just a got to click a button to release it or not. But yeah, both that both of those are there and the the YouTube channel actually has a playlist with all the different videos. So if you click on any one of those, it'll take you into the playlist and you can see all the other videos too. So there's a lot of content there. Great stuff from Charlie. Thanks for keeping up. So on that, and there's a lot of good content coming this way too. Last up on the content update train, we have our CFCast content updates for the week. There are two new videos added to the Coldbox Masterclass, this time on testing. So we have an intro to test box and a testing quick start added to the Coldbox Masterclass. You can get access to that by subscribing at cfcast.com. Yep, and we got a lot more great content in the works. So uh, keep checking back every week. We'll give you an update on what's new there. So, okay, let's jump into the conferences. So as we mentioned this week, there's a one-day workshop from John Clawson on containerizing CFML apps. Uh, and that is August 20th. Uh, that's for t from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time. Um, the price is $4.99, and there is a podcast code. If you use podcast 10, you can get 10% off of that. Um, and you can sign up at Eventbrite. If you go to autosolutions.com, um, then you go to the events page, you can go and check out these events there. But there's also a two-day workshop by Brad, and that's going to be Thursday, August 27th and the 28th. And that's going to be the same time, and that price is $8.99 for the two days. Uh, and you also get a free license of the Command Box Service Manager module. Um, so that's part of part of that Command Box Zero to Hero workshop by Brad. So um, yeah, that's a great value. The Command Box Service Manager works on uh, Windows, Linux, I believe Mac. Though most people aren't running this on on the Mac, <laughs> um, and uh, it will help you keep your service running. Uh, through your command box servers on them. So it's great value there. Yeah, and a lot of people keep asking how to do this and you know how, what trick to use on this or that and all the setup and config. And that's why we wrapped it into a product to make it easier for everybody. So um, you don't need this to, to run it, but it will definitely make your life a lot easier. So definitely uh, check that out. But the command box zero to hero course, uh, there's an outline up there too, so you can find out more about what's going to be in the course, same as the containerizing CFML app. So if you want to find out what they're covering, that's uh, up there on autosolutions.com slash events. And again, the podcast team code works on both of them. That's right. Okay, uh, other conferences we have coming up. We have jconf.dev. Uh, we were uh, turned on to this by, I believe, I saw it from Matt Clemente. Yep. It's a free Java conference, September 30th, 9 to 4, um, Central Standard Time. And I believe you've missed the date, the deadline for getting swag, but you can still attend the conference for free. <laughs> 
Yep, I put my name in there, so I'll see what swag we get, and I'll, I'll report back and tell you if it was any good. <laughs> and lastly, we have the Confusion Summit 2020. You can find information on cfsummit.adobeevents.com. It is free from on November 17th through the 19th online. And the speaker uh, sign-up is still open through August 20th. So we'll put both of those links into the show notes in the chat. Yep. So definitely fill it out. It's not a long form either, so just a, a short form to fill out for speakers. But uh, they did keep it open a little bit longer, so don't miss out. You definitely want to get your name in there and uh, have a chance to be a speaker. And obviously, it's good practice being online. You don't have to worry about the, the big crowds as much. So take that opportunity while you can. And also, the Adobe uh, Cold Fusion certification, which is usually prior to the, the conference, uh, that's available online now. So you don't have to wait for the conference. You can actually go sign up online. And so Eric is sharing the, the blog post and the registration link for that. And so you can find out more about uh, the certification. Okay. Okay. So next up, we got our blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And we have quite a few, uh, quite a few good ones. Yeah. The first one is from Will DeBruin about CB security. I love the title. It's um, ISS issues with JWT. And he starts by saying that's not a typo because <laughs> uh, it looks like it's issues and you know, anyways, I'm not going to explain the joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this was a pretty good one. Um, so basically in the CB security package, um, what, what happens right now is that the JWT authentication, it basically defaults uh, an issue or claim. And so it does that from the URL. And so he basically ran into an issue where um, sometimes the, the issuer was set up in um, with secure sockets, basically. So it's a, a different port, uh, a different protocol. And when you re-init, the re-init will override that. And so he had some issues. And so that basically walks through that. So that's, you know, the long story short, um, so you should basically always specify an issuer claim. That way you know you're using the right one and you won't have any complications of it misreading. So, um, so yeah, he basically walked through how he found it and how it wasn't easy to find. So thanks very much for uh, one, finding it, you know, reporting it, and then he's uh, making a pull request and filing an issue about it too. So we appreciate that. But yeah, I wonder if it's just, it might be something in the settings where the SSL is not always on, but you know, maybe the app starts up that way or something. So interesting. Yeah. It, it reminds me of when we first started moving to Docker, uh, the SES URL in cold box would be cached. And so whatever hit the site first became kind of the canonical URL. And in Docker land, uh, health checks usually are coming from localhost, right? And so all of a sudden, all our links would be localhost on our production site. And we had to quickly find, okay, I guess in Docker land, we just want to not cache this. Just every time a request comes in, use whatever domain that they gave you. Yeah. So. And the other complication with that, too, is when you're hitting 127.0.0.1, we would default that to the development environment. So all your apps would be running in development instead right. of production <laughs> settings. And so things weren't working the way you thought. And that's why we've had to change stuff in Coldbox more recently to use an environment variable for overriding uh, your you know environment settings, et cetera. Because, yeah, that first hit from Docker on the 127 meant that everything defaulted to, you know, to dev settings. And that was kind of a fun one to find because it didn't work that way everywhere. <laughs> so. Right. 
Yep. Yeah. So very interesting. So thanks, uh, Bill, for that. Okay, next up we have a, an interesting one from Benny Dow. Yeah, I was had to read through it a few times to figure out what we were doing here. Uh, but it seems like using CF execute to call an NPM script. Yeah, so he's uh, messed with um, running, you know, executables using CF execute, and then even using the process builder that Brad recommended a while back. And so he's had a few blog posts similarly to this, and this is sort of another approach that someone recommended to him. And so basically, it will run, you know, a package at JSON's scripts. Uh, and he's got some simple ones here where he's echoing out meow or kitty is a cat and doing an ls of a directory, etc. And so he's basically walking through that process. And, and you know, again, long story short, because you know, bins are always very thorough. Um, if you already have an existing package that Jason has a lot of tasks already in it and working, this would be a perfect use case for it. But he was thinking, you know, he probably would lean more towards, you know, just normal CF executor or the process builder for most new things he's building. But it's kind of nice to have something set up that way. And, you know, like one cool thing about box.json, uh, we actually keep scripts in there now too. So there's similar to the way you package JSON has scripts, uh, box.json can have scripts too, and you can actually run them through command box. So if you have command box, you could run a lot of the, the same types of things with even some cold fusion goodness. But it's kind of interesting just the you know, I always like Ben's thought process, you know, exploring different ideas and, and everything. And so it's kind of neat to look through it and work through it. Yeah, one thing I, I did think when I was reading through these is a feature of NPM scripts is that you can reference any of your installed node module binaries without having to do all the path craziness. And so that's one uh, instance where you'd want to go through the whole NPM run. Um, you could also see that using this in a command box task runner to build the kind of your front end JavaScript assets calling out to that. So. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's some interesting use cases for that. So And I thought it's kinda of interesting that he built the actual package at JSON in ColdFusion, spat the file out and then ran it. So that's kind of a different process too. So Yeah. And, and of course I can see that Brad has already commented on it saying that he thinks command box is way cooler. <laughs> I expect no less. <laughs> okay. So um, we had an organic nature of software development blog post from David Byers here. Um, and this was pretty interesting as well. So David's been pretty popular um, on the Cold Fusion Adobe blog lately. He's done quite a few posts and we've, we've shared a few of them. And so this one is uh, an interesting sort of more of a soft look at, you know, this type of code. And so just basically looking at the process and, you know, when people ask questions like, when will my application be done, you know, all these different things that sort of go into the, the you know, into the issue of can you really answer that question? And so it's kind of a, an interesting read through, especially if you're struggling with that type of thing yourself, this might make you feel a little better because it's, you know, it's an organic process. It's not the same as building a house. You know, there's a lot more variables, a lot more unknowns, um, et cetera. And so people usually can compare software engineers with real engineers and the, the physical world. And it's pretty different. Yeah. Uh, reading through it actually made me think of a special chart called the hill chart. It's something that uh, Basecamp came up with. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes in the chat. But the idea is, if you think of kind of like a, a little bell curve, 
and you drag your dot along it. And as you go up the hill, it's figuring things out. And then down the hill, it's making it happen um, with the idea that most of our work is not, we, don't, we can't give you how much time it's going to take until we've done the figuring it out part. And so it's more trying to approximate that. That's what this article made me think of. Yeah. And a lot of time people don't spend enough time figuring it out. They just start coding and whatnot and then they get into a hole and then, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the thing is, you know, the more time you do up front, the more accurate you'll be. But a lot of people want to know how long before they do that, uh, that time. So <laughs> you can spend all the time up front determining how long it's going to take. And then you've actually already done most of the work. <laughs> yeah. So. And there's always a, a black hole that you'll hit sometimes anyway. No matter how much preparation you do, sometimes you just can't see everything, right? Unknowns of unknowns. Yeah. So speaking of David, I did say he's been pretty busy lately, and here's another one for you. Um, so if you want to spend some more time uh, watching some content, this one is actually, uh, what did you say, 50-minute video? Yeah, it's a 50-minute presentation um, entitled Introduction to Cold Fusion for Beginner Developers, Decision Makers, and CEOs. Um, having watched a bit of it, I'd probably say mostly decision makers and CEOs. It's kind of going through some of what is Cold Fusion, why would I use it, um, debunking some myths like is it dead, what are some community resources, things like that. So uh, a good, uh, like you said, Cold Fusion 101. Yeah, so... Uh... I haven't watched it, I admit. Uh, like I said, just like Eric, I watched little bits and pieces of it. Um, so, yeah, if you've got a decision maker or CEO um, that needs to know a little bit more about it, this might be a good resource to, to share to them. I'm kind of curious myself what, what he has in there, so I'm going to have to watch the rest later. Okay, so we had another one from Ben Adel. He's been busy as usual. So this one was uh, actually has a video as well. So if you're in a video mood, you're in luck because uh, there's one here as well. Uh, and this one is generating rich server-side reports in Lucy. And so he kind of compares about how, you know, he's pretty happy creating just normal, uh, simple reports, which are kind of like views and, you know, no matter what framework you're in, uh, it's kind of a view and knows where they're supposed to live. But when you're doing things which, you know, more rich, possibly interactive reports, he sort of didn't know how to set them up or where they belong or how they should sort of live and and whatnot. And so this sort of walks through that process of trying to find where things belong. So it's kind of interesting. And I'm, you know, uh, I watched some of the, the video in here and he has sort of his own little mini framework layout to sort of create one. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting. Like I say it's, it's kind of different when you do have a lot of, uh, different moving parts and pieces and we deal with the same type of thing. We're doing JavaScript these days too, right? Like where do you put the JavaScript files for this? Does it belong in the view subfolder or, Autos, we have like a resources folder that we use, you know, Webpack to compile and, and put elsewhere. And so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I really like that. It's um, a good look into like kind of a mini report framework. So I, I enjoyed reading the article. Um, I do need to make time to go watch the video. Yeah, I really like the videos because it just puts a little more clarity and, you know, you can really go into more clear explanation. So. But as usual, all the code is available here. And uh, but yeah, it's definitely definitely some fun stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting too because whenever you're working with photos, it can get a little a little tricky. So he's uh, basically going through and outputting photos from a directory. So pretty interesting. 
There's oh. one more blog post by Ben this week about encapsulating deep object graph traversal using a visitor function. Have so, you heard of a visitor function before? Um, yes. Um, it's, they're very popular when dealing with ASTs or abstract, abstract syntax trees um, because they get crazy deep, right? That's the whole point of these is like you want something that's at the very leaf of this tree and you don't want to have to have all these callbacks in it. You just want to say, okay, when you get to one of these leaves, call my thing and give me all the information. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting. You know, I like, I like learning about new design patterns and everything. And so this was different for me. I hadn't actually heard of this one before. Yeah. So it's called the visitor pattern because it is, you're defining a function and you say, when you've, visit something that looks like this, which is usually a, a key, then call my function. So in when you set it off, your the code is going to crawl all of these different leaves of this tree, and only when it sees something you want will it call your callback. So you're still doing all of the crawling of this deep object, but you're only getting notified of the thing that you care about. And so um, Ben's code shows a few examples of getting the top level, getting one that's, you know, three down and all the data that comes into it. So it was really neat. I liked it. Yeah, very cool. Uh, like I said, yeah, I really enjoy learning about new design patterns. And this is a pretty neat one. So uh, Scott in the chat asked like ASTs for language parsing. And that's correct. A lot of language parsing happens with an abstract syntax tree. If you use um, post CSS, or Babel, all of those are using an abstract syntax tree and actually the visitor pattern and changing the values. Um, that's the whole transpiling step, changing it to be actual JavaScript and actual CSS. So, Pretty sneaky. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool. So that's it for our blogs and tweets today. But let's look at our next section, which is find a job. So... The getcfmyjobs.com site has uh, done some cleanup, and now that the the list is showing eleven positions from nine companies across seven locations in five countries since July first. So uh, previously, they're they're leaving the jobs on there a little longer, but it looks like they're trimming them down a little more. But we have one new job this week, and it looks like a full time software developer uh, for ColdFusion in Huntsville, and so that was posted on August eleventh. So let me share my screen here. We'll have a look at this. Um, basically, five plus years ColdFusion experience designed and implement cost-effective, high-quality web applications to meet customers' needs. Um, and so the company is Hexagon US Federal Inc. So not sure. Never heard of that one. But if we go through, we can actually see the Indeed posting with a lot more detail. So if you're interested, there's a lot of information here, and you can find out more about it. Okay, so next up we have our ForgeBox module of the week. So this was a, a, a pretty cool little one and this is more of an, uh, sort of a, and a view output setup, but I found it pretty interesting because the way he went about it. So this is CB Breadcrumb by Gary Stanton. And the idea with this one is, is it actually reads your router table and cold box and then outputs breadcrumbs for the pages based on that. So, sneaky thing is is that he actually throws some extra metadata into the routes like the name so you can actually give the names of the breadcrumbs and so when it goes through and creates a certain page here uh, it'll actually use 
articles in the breadcrumb name and then this one here will use create a new article so as you build the route table it'll actually get the breadcrumbs and you can actually access them by this little function right here prc.cbbreadcrumb.getbreadcrumb html and so by default it spits out um, bootstrap for syntax for your uh, your breadcrumbs and you can override them if necessary but that's pretty pretty neat way just to, uh, you know add a little bit more metadata into your routes and then you can generate some breadcrumbs and save yourself some headaches trying to do that yeah that's really clever yeah i do some of that stuff uh, with view router with view stuff trying to add security like we do with ColdFusion with cb guard so i try and do the same type of thing with my view apps so it's kind of neat to see it used a different way so yeah, metadata right. is pretty cool. Now I'm trying to wonder uh, if Coldbox lets you add, you know, your own metadata ad hoc, you know, if you wanted to add in more than just the name. I'm going to have to go look that up. Yeah, I'm just wondering whether different, um, you know, options, like if you use a get or a post and not just the route, you know, do you have the same options or how do you get away with that? Or can you can we do with meta and add some extra metadata for some of those or something? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Does the name apply to the, you know, the handler action, the, the slug, or does it apply to the action that's ran? That's a good question, too, because if you're doing uh, one with possible multiple actions, right? Um, it, yeah, I'm not sure. So it's interesting. Um, it's pretty cool that, you know, he's come up with this system and, you know, breadcrumbs is one of those things that you a lot of apps use everywhere and, you know, making it easier this way. It's kind of neat. Yeah, I love the idea of using already the routing information because you have it. So, so yep. that's very clever. Great job, Gary. Yeah. So, next on our list, we have our VS Code hint, tip and trick of the week, and this one is one that I've uh, used for a little while, and it's actually recommended by a few other packages that I use. Um, and this one is sorting HTML and Jade attributes. Although I don't use Jade, uh, I still thought this one was um, pretty useful. And we've actually recommended another one similar to this before, which was for Tailwind classes. Um, but basically what this does is that whenever you have HTML, you can actually have it sort the order. So sometimes you have a bunch of weird, uh, you know, attributes in, a, in an HTML tag, and you want them to be in a certain order just for simplicity. And so by default, there's a, a, set, uh, a set order. And if you want to, you can actually define the order. So you can do attribute sorter.order, and you say, I always want the data ones first, and then I want the area, and then I want the classes. So depending on the tags, you can actually set up the order you prefer them in. So if you always want to see the name and ID of all your tags first, you can make sure that they're first on the list. And then maybe your classes are more important, and maybe you know other things are less important, you can leave them off the end. So again, it's just one of those little little tiny extensions that just you know make your life a little easier. Um, if you're OCD and do this by yourself, let this do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point, but yeah, a lot of times, uh, a lot of times this can be really Im important, um, especially when you're doing diffs. If everyone starts adding different stuff in in different orders, and you're diffing a file, it can be all over the place. So make sure your team is consistent about it if you're doing it, because if someone has a page and you run the format and everything changes, <laughs> that could get pretty annoying pretty quick. So make sure that you guys are consistent with your team, so that doesn't change all your diffs. Or you don't have a million changes all at once. So, pretty cool. Some uh, real-time follow-up. The add route method in Coldbox does allow for a struct of metadata that has whatever you want to be attached to a route. Oh, so. nice. 
Very cool. And some extra information for those VS Code users. Um, we're talking about possible hints and tips today, and one of them was about the, the setting sync. And Eric found out that it is actually live in VS Code today, normal VS Code, not the VS Code insiders like it previously was. So if you're using the setting sync uh, extension, you might want to switch over to using the built-in core part now, now that it is available. Right. In addition to just being, um, you know, <laughs> built in, it also, like, I saw syncs open windows. So I don't know how many people actually work on the same projects in multiple computers, but evidently you can sync your open editors and just sit down in the computer and it will be up, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, so. that's pretty nuts. I mean, I like the fact that it will even do it for your browsers too. So if you open up one of the GitHub um, spaces that um, they're working code spaces or whatnot, and you log in, it'll actually bring over your theme and all your extensions and all that stuff too. So even if you're working in a browser, it can pull across a lot of that different stuff. So it's pretty neat. That's cool. Okay. So next up, we have our Patreon supporters. So thank you everyone again for uh, supporting us via Patreon. It really does mean a lot to us and uh, it allows us to be able to make this podcast and the other podcasts we have as well. Um, we have uh, quite a few supporters now, and like you said earlier, Eric, almost 60% of the podcast is funded by Patreon supporters, which is pretty amazing, I think. So uh, thank you, everybody. And if you want to find out more, you can go to patreon.com slash autosolutions and choose a package that you, know, uh, that you guys think is good there. Um, so let's go through. I think it's your turn, Eric. You can read the names today. You got it. Thank you to Ben Nadal, Brett DeLine, Carl Van Stetten, Charlie Earhart, Da Lee, Dan Card, Daniel, Daniel Garcia, David Bellinger, Didier Lesnicki, Dom Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McCain, Jeffrey Adams, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamery, Kai Koenig, Laxma Titrahadi, Mario Rodriguez, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Scott Steinbeck, Sean Odin, Stephen Klotz, Synaptrix, and Yogesh Mathur. Thank you for supporting Order Solution and the Modernizer Die podcast. Yeah, very big thank you uh, out to Giancarlo as well, because I think he just upped his package. So I believe he, uh, he went and bumped it up another level in July. So thank you for that. And then uh, Mario Rodriguez, I think, as well, um, bumped theirs up as well. So we've had a couple of uh, you know bigger bigger supporters coming in lately and we really want to thank you guys for that and thank you to everybody who supports us on cfcast as well um the subscription package is there the numbers are growing every week and we're, we're trying to get more and more content out there for you guys so uh, we appreciate all of that and like i said this goes to supporting the podcast but also our other products too you know command box forge box cold box test box all of those products you know uh they're funded by by the professional open source work we do but also a lot of the support from uh, Patreon as well. So we thank you guys for that. And don't forget, this week we have that workshop. Um, so if you want to learn more about CFML containers, uh, John will be leading that one. And then we have a couple of uh, webinars this week as well. So lots of great content for you. And uh, we'll be back next week to tell you more about next week's news. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Have a good one. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizerdie.io 
where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.